Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Podcast where I get to, we talk to football coaches all over the country. We recap and preview 
Illini sports and football and basketball. We also do previews and recaps of the Chicago Bears. Unfortunately, I know. And we also discuss everything in college football, NFL, college basketball. Maybe we'll touch on some NBA. I don't know. NBA soft. But this is a sports podcast. If any of that interests you, uh, please hit the subscribe button and the like button on the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. And then wherever you listen to your podcast in audio form, literally anywhere, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, literally wherever you listen to your podcast, please give it a follow. If you can leave a review, leave a review. And if you follow it, it's going to alert you when a new episode drops weekly. Yes, weekly. Uh, so if you can go do all that for me, it'd be greatly appreciated. This podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, you can find this podcast Tons of other podcasts on there, blogs, different things that has to do anything sports world, even fantasy, and even NASCAR. All that stuff can be found on bellyupsports.com. Betting season is in full swing, and the only place you want to make your bets is MyBookie. If you go to mybookie.ag, uh, you can make same-game parlays, in-game bets, money lines, and all that good stuff. On your very first deposit, if you use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, it's going to double your first deposit. That is free money. Why would you not want free money? So if you go to mybookie.ag, use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word. It's going to double your first deposit. It lets them know that I sent you. It helps support the podcast and the podcast network. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and his Back to the Basics books. Look, if you're a football coach like me, you're heading into the offseason, some of us... I've been in the offseason for a couple weeks now. Some of you are probably just now getting into the offseason. You're probably going to be like me, and you're going to be looking up stuff for drills, game planning, and all that good stuff. Coach Stone, I can't even keep up with all the books he's putting out, but he has his Back to the Basics book series, and his very first book is over 500 pages of drills. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, check out all of his books, you'll literally never have to look up another drill again. So again, CoachStoneFootball.com. We appreciate him sponsoring the podcast. And if you're looking for an energy drink, we know we're getting to the time where you may have a midday pick-me-up. Maybe you're not sleeping well. Weather's changing. Uh, You need something in the morning to help get you going. Um, if you're looking for some type of energy drink, coffee's just not quite doing it, but you're afraid of like the jitters, you're afraid of the midday crash, anything like that. Um, or maybe you're just a person that's looking for a pre-workout that's not going to give you the jitters because not everybody likes the jitters, not everybody likes to be shaken and doing all that, uh, or the itching that comes with it. Um, if you're looking for something like that, you need to go to swiftlifestyles.com. It comes in a tub that looks like a pre-workout and take it in the morning Take it during midday. If it's 2 or 3 o'clock, you need that pick-me-up. It's not going to give you the jitters. It's for brain activity, everything else. It's a clean, nutritional drink. I say energy drink just because I want to use it for that little midday pick-me-up that I need. But it's a clean, nutritional drink uh, for any part of your day. Um, They also are looking into sponsoring gamers. So if you are a gamer out there on Twitch or anything, they want to sponsor you. So contact them. But if you're looking for that little nutritional energy drink that does not have all the other crap in it that a lot of stuff does, go to swiftlifestyles.com. Use the code Coach Steve Show, all one word. You are going to get 15% off. It lets them know I sent you. You're saving money with the 15% off. I got the bubblegum bubble gum flavored one. It tastes exactly like old school you know, bubblegum that we all had when we were playing youth baseball. 
So again, swiftlifestyles.com. Use the code Coach Steve Show, all one word, and you're going to get 15% off your order. So if you do that, it helps support the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. So let's dive into today's big time episode that we got going on. College football week 10 wrapped up this weekend. There were some big time games, but a lot happened. Um, if you listen to my Big Ten recap, some happened in the Big Ten, so that's where you could head over and uh, get that. But big things happened. Going into this Week Ten, the College Football Playoff Committee came out with their top four. You know, they had Georgia number one, Alabama number two, Michigan State at number three, and then they had Oregon at number four. People thought, you know, Cincinnati should have been there. They're undefeated. They were number two in the in the you know, the normal top 25, why are they not there in the college football playoff committee top four or in, you know, in their top 25 that they come out with. Um, so that was the big debate coming in. Um, some games that happened, you know, Wake Forest was undefeated. So that was talking about why are they not in there? Uh, so just, just a bunch of topics. We're going to dive into this is going to be one of those episodes where it's going to be all over the place. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about is Cincinnati and Tulsa. Now, I said this on a different show. We're not going to talk Michigan State any of that. If you want to go check out other the other episode where I discussed this, people are really upset that Cincinnati was not in the top four a lot because they're undefeated. And I said this is going to be the short version. Go listen to the last week's episodes. I said I, I completely and 100% understand why people think they need to be in the college football playoff. I, I completely understand it. No matter what, four or three, but probably four. I get it. They're undefeated. I think they've had a 25 home game win streak, 24 game win streak. You know, yeah, there is a case for them to be in the top four, but you've got to look at their who they're playing, and they're not playing the teams that Alabama and all of them are playing. Now, Alabama's going to play a cup. You know, am I, I'm not, it's rat poison to Coach Saban, but they're going to play a team they, you know, whatever, whatever the schedule. And then I think the people are – I understand the side. People are just calling for one of these non-Power 5 teams to be put in just to see what happens. And if they get dominated, then never do it again. Now Cincinnati's moving to the Big 12. So that's going to help if they were doing this in the Big 12. They beat Oklahoma's. They beat the Oklahoma State's. And they were undefeated. Absolutely. Absolutely. You give them their, their day. You give them the time of day to put them in there. But as of right now, with who they're playing and their schedule, they should not be there. I'm sorry. It's a good story. Um, you know, they might be one of the best non-Power 5 teams we've seen. You know, one of the large teams, them, and the, unfortunately, a few years ago, the UCF team that self-proclaimed them the national title, which is idiotic. Uh, but so I said this, in order for, for Cincinnati to kind of come in, and make the case. Now, at the time of this recording, at the time of this recording, I do not know who's in the top four of the college football playoff. There's only speculation that Ohio State moved in. So at the time of this recording, I do not know who's in the top four. So by the time this comes out, it's probably come out. So I'm just telling you, I have to pre-record some of this because of I coach football i coach basketball so i apologize if this comes out and somebody out there just one person not saying i have a big fans or followers and get this tons of listens but somebody will say well well, well, nope at the time this recording i have no idea so i said at the time cincinnati's gonna have a lot of dominoes i have to fall for them to get into the top four of the college football playoff now 
part of the dominoes I need to follow is to control what they can control. And they have to beat people big, not to run the score. It's sad because they shouldn't have to be in that position to run the score up. But what I mean by running the score up is they need to win 31-7, something like that. And it's got to be in dominating fashion from here on out in their schedule. And if you want to glance at their schedule when they were coming into Tulsa, they have to do that. Tulsa, U, USF. People think SMU is going to beat Cincinnati and ECU. So the rest of that way, I said they have to win those games big. After this weekend's performance, this doubles down on the fact that they should not be in the top four in the college football playoff because of the way they played. You cannot tell me if they played this way in an SEC game, maybe even a Big Ten, depending on who they were playing. Part of me, I think if you put them against Purdue, Purdue would probably win. That type of thing. Now, yes, they beat Notre Dame. That's a big time win that you can give them. But I think Purdue right now would beat Cincinnati. And you can book that. So if they're doing this in the Pac-12, SEC, the Big Ten, Big 12, they're in. But the way they played, this, they beat Tulsa 28-20. to Now, Tulsa, again, is a sneaky team that does this from time to time. Now, Cincinnati, it looked like they were going to do it big. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead in the first quarter. Tulsa comes and scores 12 in the second. So now it's 14-12 at halftime. Cincinnati comes and scores 14 in the third. Doesn't score any in the fourth. And Tulsa scores eight. Now, looking at the score, you're like, oh, but they win. No, you have to win this game. If Tulsa scores 20, you better be scoring 60. Those 20 points better be junk yards that they get or junk points when you put in your second string in. So this just more litifies why they should not be in the top four in the college football playoff. They were number six. That's where they need to be. They need to be six between eight and five. Somewhere in there just because they're undefeated. If they remain undefeated, they lose SMU, they're going to drop to like 12 and I'm sorry, they're undefeated. That's the only reason why people say they should be there, not who they play. But it's the way you play. Okay, now I know games, you play them on the field, not on paper. you got to give Tulsa credit. Now, Tulsa kind of shot themselves in the foot because that last minute and 30 seconds was wild. Tulsa was down in the red zone. First of all, the play calling for Tulsa, you're on the inch yard line. You go in pistol with just double tight ends and hope to God you get this push and you can score. No, you need to have a heavy set personnel package. You need to do something else. So bless it, that play calling at the end was just terrible. But the last minute, 30 seconds, just even solidified even more why Cincinnati should not be in the top four. You know, Tulsa goes for it on fourth down, fourth and goal. They don't get it. They're on like the yard. So Cincinnati's on their own yard line, inch yard. They can't take a knee. They try to... You have to get out of the end zone a little bit for them to take a, take a knee. So all they had to do, and Tulsa had timeouts and everything else. So Cincinnati gets the ball back. I think there was like a minute, 15 seconds or a minute left. That quarterback sneak, and then he fumbles it. Tulsa gets it back. Cincinnati makes a goal line stand. The play call for Tulsa was suspect. Cincinnati comes away with the win. Cincinnati did not play well, and if you want to be a top... Look, Michigan State didn't play well, and they lost, so now they're out. Oregon may not it may not even be there, but just 
weird things are happening right now. This solidified that Cincinnati should not be in the top four for the college football playoff. Not now, not next week. Oklahoma should probably be in more than them, and I hate to say that because I think Oklahoma should never be there ever again. Them and Notre Dame, never again. But this kind of solidifies that they don't need to be there. So sorry, Cincinnati fans. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. You're doing good. It's a good story. You should not be in the playoffs, so let's move on from them. We're done talking about getting them there. But that's not the only craziness that happened in college football. Wake Forest. This one is probably a better story than Cincinnati. Cincinnati at least has some good teams. Wake Forest is a team that's just never there unless you talk way back in, in basketball and Chris Paul days and Tim Duncan days. Undefeated. They right now coming into this play. North Carolina, who North Carolina, to be nice, has disappointed. I thought they'd come in and win the ACC this year. I thought they were poised for that. They have not played well. So Cincinnati comes in and people are making a case for them. They were number nine in the nation, undefeated. Like, where's their love? Let's look at who they beat. ODU, NORF, FSU, Virginia. All right, Virginia's not that bad. Louisville, yeah, okay. They beat Syracuse, who's playing a lot better. They they beat Army and they scored 70, which is huge. They beat Duke. Now, Now, if Wake Forest was undefeated... And they would have won the ACC, you would have had a case. But Wake Forest comes in, high scoring game, high freaking scoring game. They North Carolina pulls out the win 58 to 55. Now I was able to catch some of this game. Wake Forest's defense is a try to, it's okay if we bend and break a little bit because our offense is going to get us out of this. So this comes down to a huge time shootout. Now, North Carolina can score points. It's their defense that's suspect. Wake Forest's defense is suspect. But this they didn't, this can be a short one. North Carolina just made more plays than, than Wake Forest. But this kind of puts the nail in the coffin for Wake Forest because actually the game that everybody was looking towards was Wake Forest and Clemson. If Wake Forest beat Clemson and defeated and won the ACC, there would have been a better case for them than Cincinnati a little bit to put them in the college football playoff. I don't think you do. But this is still a good story. Wake Forest, I just wanted to bring this up. Wake Forest is 8-1. They're 5-0. and um, Yeah, they're 5-0 in their conference. You know, I don't I don't think they're in the ACC. Uh, but if they, were, if they would have won out, they beat Clemson, you know, do all that stuff, you know, they, uh, they would have been fine. Uh, to maybe try to make a case for the college football playoff. But I just want to bring this up. There was a high-scoring game. There was a good game. Uh, by all, you know, people talk about offense. That's why people buy tickets. Well, you should have bought a ticket for this one, 55, or 58 to 55. But this kind of takes away Wake Forest's any chances of making the college football playoff, I believe, because of who they play at the beginning of the year. Uh, but this is still a good story. They're not done yet. I think, I think the way their offense is playing – they could probably beat Clemson and the way Clemson is playing. So that's going to be a game to watch. I just want to put Wake Forest on some people's radar that they're not a bad team if you caught it. Their defense is giving up points, but their offense is saying, hey, you know what? We're going to give up the points because we're going to come right back down and score. That's some confidence on their uh, on their offense. That's just incredible that they can score that many points. Um, Another big-time game that happened. 
like I said, we're only 16 minutes into this, 17 minutes in, and we're not even a lot happened this weekend, guys. And hopefully you got to catch some of it. Was uh, Auburn travels to uh, the 12th man and play Texas A&M Aggies. Texas A&M is finally starting to play better. But at the same token, so was Auburn. This is number 13 Auburn versus number 14 Texas A&M. In order for so, I think I believe I talked about Auburn. Auburn, I said, had to come in and continue to play the way they were playing. Bo Nix was gonna have to play with some confidence. He was gonna have to make plays with his legs, make a couple big time plays uh, with his arm as well. Texas A&M was just gonna have to try to keep the ball away from Auburn. Um, Calzada was just gonna have to take what the defense is giving him. Spiller is gonna be an NFL running back. They were gonna have to take what they were giving them and play really with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, time of possession was split down the middle. Texas A&M had the ball for 30 minutes. Auburn had it for 29 minutes. Um, but watching the game, I mean, uh, Texas A&M had way more yards, 409 to 226. Auburn, it's, you know, turned it over twice. So Texas A&M comes away with a 20-3 to win. The thing with Auburn is the inconsistent play from Bo Nix. So I think this should solidify that he needs to come back next year. Um, he was 20 of 41, 153 yards, only got 3.7 yards of completion, uh, yards for, per completion with the one interception. Um, so we're talking about Auburn and the Texas A&M Auburn. Bo Nix has just been inconsistent. Now, listening to some people talk that the type of offense he was in with Gus kind of slowed this down and everything, and now he's trying to figure out this offense. Yeah, there's some truth to that. But he had been playing a lot better, but there is that inconsistency with him. Now it's to everybody. You know, the wide receivers didn't help out. Um, Texas A&M's defensive line and linebackers, if you watch the game, played very well. Played very, very well. And you can't take anything away from them on that. Where Auburn struggled a lot was they were going up against a good Texas A&M defensive line that was getting hands-on and driving the offensive line back. But Auburn's offensive line is not playing. did not play well. They did not run block well or pass protect well. Bo Nix did run for his life. And then there was times Bo Nix did not have to run. But the problem when you get a running back that can make plays with his legs, they are going to take off. But what makes it worse is when your offensive line does not pass protect well. When your offensive linemen do not pass protect well, you give what I call a quarterback happy feet. So when they get happy feet and they see anything at all within two yards they're going to move instead of moving in the pocket, maybe run up the middle. If those defensive ends fly up and they see any of them, well, that offensive lineman and the offensive tackle is going to take them that way. But when they see it, they get happy feet, they run. So Bo Nix was running. Seemed like some people said he wanted to run for his life, uh, but I don't think he was running for his life the whole time. But there are times where he did take off when he didn't need to. But I think the solidified Bo Nix needs to come back and develop a little more because there is potential there to be very, very good. It's just inconsistent. So, And then Auburn, if, if these upperclassmen offensive linemen are not playing well for you, you need to put in the new guys. I'm sorry, but there does come a point where you've got to get them playing time and see what they can do in order to get them to see what they're going to look like. So when you go into spring ball, you know they're going to understand how to play the game. They're going to understand the speed of the game. And then when you go into the summer, they're going to understand it. And then when they get into the season, understand it. Auburn impress, is, has impressed me. They're 6-3 you know, and three right now. New head coach coming in. Yeah, he won at Boise State, but it's Boise State. What are you going to do in the SEC and Auburn? And I liked Gus. People said this, this, and this about Gus. I think Gus is a good coach, so I'm going to you know, die on that hill. Um, you know, So I thought Auburn had a good head coach there. You're paying them all that money to leave. I didn't think they were going to 
be as great as everybody thought they were. I thought they were going to win six games, seven games. So as of right now, they're you know going over what my expectations were when you looked at the SEC. So the offensive line did not play very well. The receivers did not help out Bo Nix a lot, but Bo Nix did not help out either. You know, when you don't complete 21 passes, that's not going to help. And then if you can't get the run game going, that does not help Bo Nix at all. Um, so just did not work. But Texas A&M's, but the reason for that is Texas A&M's defense played very well. Their front six, seven played very well. Their defensive line was causing havoc. The linebackers were able to scrape over and make plays. Um, their offense did what they needed to do. Just take their time. They didn't have to rush anything. Um, Calzada is a man. He he lowered his shoulder on that hit. He couldn't move his arm. Came back later. He's got his leg wrapped up. He's got his arm wrapped up. What a tough kid to come back and play. He did very well. 15 of 29, 192 yards. Now, he had no touchdowns or anything, but he didn't need to. Um, when you've got running backs like Spiller, they made some field goals. Um, you know... Defense had to score, so I mean, it was just a good game. This is when you think of SEC football. This is exactly what you're thinking of. Um, so Texas A&M playing a lot better. They're seven and two now. Auburn is six and three, but this was just a hard hitting game. So I just wanted to discuss a little bit about Bo Nix. People have their opinions on Bo Nix. Um, Texas A&M is not this high flying team that they were last year. They're going to move the ball at the pace they want to do it at. They're going to take what they give them and. You know, just just they're gonna do what they do. Jimbo Fisher still looks like a dad doing his taxes or looking for the washing machine warranty or the car warranty, but they're gonna do what they do. You know, his name's still being thrown around for LSU job. So they did what they had to do. Playing with a backup quarterback. Um, they're playing with a young offensive line as well. Uh so just just pretty evenly matched teams in my opinion. Just Texas AM's defense played way better than Auburn's offense or Auburn's defense did, but that's an SEC game that you wanna see. Another game I got to see all of, and one that really shocked me and kind of worries me for the coach that I follow, Alabama and LSU. Um, This is a rivalry game for a couple reasons. One, if you watch the history of these games, especially way back when, I think it was the anniversary of like the 9-6 game in overtime, like that type of thing. When LSU and Alabama play, they're close games, they're hard-hitting games. Anything can happen, especially it's kind of not quite to the extent of Auburn and and Alabama. I, I you know from recent times, but that's kind of what this is. I know last year Alabama whipped them, and the year before LSU, I don't think I, I didn't whip Alabama, but they had control of the game. So coming in with everything happening with LSU, they were four and four. Ed Odron's out. There are out a ton of players on defense. Their offense struggles at times to move the ball. Everybody and their grandma and people who don't know anything about football thought, okay, number two Alabama in the nation, number two in the college football rankings. It's Nick Saban. LSU is in turmoil. They're free-falling. Not as much as Nebraska, but they're falling. They are going to whip LSU quite the opposite. The first quarter and a half, Alabama looked like they forgot how to play football. LSU came in and gave them everything they got for that first quarter and a half. LSU was winning at the end of the first quarter 7-0. LSU's offense was moving the ball on broken plays and able to run the football and make short completions. Alabama's offense... Now they lost an offensive lineman and a new they lost their center and I believe their right tackle. 
So here's the big thing I saw somewhere. Well, we talk about communication offensive line. Offensive line is is one of, if not the most important part of your offense. When the offensive linemen don't, there's communication pieces. So when you're an offensive lineman and you see um, rushers coming off, they've got to t- change the protection of the quarterback or the center or the right tackle's got to communicate over on what he's got to change to. They got to know how to communicate with each other and say different words. You can't say, hey, we're both going to block him. You've got key words. You've got this. You've got this going on. The huge communication piece. So in that first quarter and a half, the offensive line for Alabama did not communicate very well with each other. So when that happens, they struggle a little bit. But Alabama looked like, I would, okay, maybe that they didn't know how to play football is a little drastic. But Nick Saban said this was rat poison, that no matter what's happened with LSU, when these two teams get together, anything can happen. And this kind of proves that LSU was just going to play hard. Some are entering the transfer portal. I think they all love Ed Odron. They're going to play hard. This is a rivalry game to them. So all of us that came in, even myself, said this is not a rivalry game because Alabama this, Alabama that. Yeah, in 2019, LSU got them. But outside of that, it's Alabama. They said, hey, hold my beer and watch this. Now, for the first quarter and a half, it was all LSU. I mean, Alabama just wasn't moving the ball as well as they were. Their defense was getting gashed. But then Alabama finally became Alabama again, scored 14 in the second quarter, that second half of that quarter, and, and everybody, and even me, okay, it was 14-7. to seven. Okay, Alabama's going to turn a corner here and do something. Well, then LSU outscores them 7-6 to six in the third quarter, and then nobody scores a point in the fourth quarter. So it's 20-14 to 14 in the third, and nobody scores again. LSU came down close. They went for it on a lot of fourth downs. Came pretty close to scoring again. Just couldn't get it. So you got to tip your hat to LSU. They are playing hard for an Odron, and they know what's going on. These coaches are coaching hard. The players are playing hard. The only, uh, But the big question there is Alabama's offensive line did not perform well in the run game. And there were times Bryce Young was running for his life. And even though he's running for his life, he was still throwing the check downs and still throwing shorter routes. He was 24-37, 302 yards and two touchdowns. He did what he needed to do. But rushing yards now – they count Bryce Young this negative 22, which I don't agree with when you're looking at stats. But when we go to the team stats, Alabama had 308 yards on offense, which they are at, they, they're used to getting more. Rushing yards, six. LSU had 109 rushing yards. They had 196 passing yards. Alabama had nine penalties for 64 yards. LSU has turned the ball over twice, and Alabama over, you know, did it once. So that offensive line for Alabama, and people have said this, and I've kind of ignored it because I am such a Nick Saban fan and I'm watching Alabama. People said that their defensive line and their offensive line is where they're struggling, and that it turned its ugly head last night when you're playing one or two new offensive linemen. So after this game, I think it kind of makes you wonder – at times, what's really happening behind the scenes at LSU and some, there's speculation out there. I don't really look too much into it because, one, it's the clickbait stuff. I want to click on every headline I see. Um, the second one is who knows if it's true or not. It's none of my business. Sometimes it makes you wonder if they're jumping the gun on this because they are playing tough. They were out, I believe, six or seven defensive players or out a couple offensive players. You got guys in the transfer portal already. 
So it does make you wonder that they jumped the gun with Ed Odron because they... Pl- now, if, Al- if LSU would have won, do they reverse that and keep Ed? I have no idea, but you play tough. And Nick Saban at the end said, hey, LSU's got some good players, so we don't overlook them. But I came in and said I do believe Alabama was gonna could beat Georgia. Now, I still think they could. But after watching this last night, well, by the time this comes out, it'll be a couple days, but at the time of this recording, watching it the night before, what scares me now is when they, if they get to the SEC championship game, if, the, if Alabama doesn't lose any game and they get to the SEC championship game versus Georgia, Georgia's defensive line is going to salivate if Alabama's offensive line plays this way. Now, would they get up for that game? Yes. But Alabama, a couple things here. I think Alabama's okay winning when they have way more passing yards. But Nick Saban still knows that he wants to run the football and they have to figure it out. So if the offensive line is going to play like this, that is worrisome. That is worrisome. And since Alabama screwed around and lost the game to Texas A&M, if they lose to, to Georgia, they are probably out of the college football playoff, even though they lose to two good teams. Now, if they only lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they would make it because you're losing to probably the best team in the in the country right now. And the only reason why you may have to put Georgia as the best team in the country is just because they've been consistently playing well. They're giving up six points a game on defense. Their offense has been doing the same thing all year. No wavering. Alabama's just kind of been a roller coaster. Now, Alabama had to replace way more. They lost offensive linemen to the NFL, to, to graduation. The only thing that they're okay with is the running backs are pretty decent, but their quarterback throws the ball probably just as good as Mac Jones. I have no factual evidence to back this up, but just from watching, he throws an accurate ball. He can just move better um, than Mac Jones could. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you want an easy way to feel like a chef in your own home, try Blue Apron's two and four serving menu plans so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. Choose from an ever-changing mix of premium recipes, chef favorites, family-friendly options, WW recommended, and more. Get $130 off across your first six orders, plus your first order ships free when you visit blueapron.com slash blue culinary. But they don't have the same right receivers, but that offensive line has got to figure it out. So who? nobody's going to figure out better than Nick Saban, but what kind of worries you with Alabama is if that offensive line cannot communicate that way and you think they're giving up pressure from LSU wait till they play a Georgia. So that kind of worries them. They've got to figure that out. And on defense, if that defensive line, I'm starting to see it. People are saying it, and I was kind of blinded by being such a Nick Saban fan, even though I kind of knew deep down. If they don't figure that out here in the next couple of weeks and they go play Georgia, good Lord. Now, they could get up for that game. That could be the best game they play all year to get into the playoff. But what I took away from this game was maybe they jumped the gun with – and Odron and his job, they are playing tough. Uh, Tyron David Price is a good running back, 104 yards, 23 carries. His longest run was 37 yards, and you're doing that to an Alabama defense. But Alabama's offense only scoring 20 points. 
couldn't run the ball. You had six yards of rushing. Like, it's not very good. So that does some worry, some for Alabama. They're going to have some soul-searching to do up front. Um, they're not taking a week off. They do have a game, but they're going to have to figure out the front, you know, get healthy. They have a couple linemen out. I think next year they're going to be really, really, really good when it comes to next year. But for right now, they don't look at next year right now. They're looking at right now to win right now, to trust the process. I still think Alabama's the second-best team in the nation. I still think that they would be like an Ohio State, an Oregon, a Cincinnati. But right now it's Georgia and everybody. It was Georgia and Alabama and everybody else. Right now it's probably Georgia and everybody else. Um, so that's a little worrisome for Alabama. Um, I think they'll figure it out, but they're running out of time. Running out of time to figure it out. Last two games I want to talk about. Um, one we'll talk about right now is Mississippi State and Arkansas. This was going to be a good game no matter who who, who you thought. Arkansas was coming off a bye week. Uh, Mississippi State was finding a role um, or getting on a roll. Uh, last week, Will Rogers was 36 of 39, which was you know huge. That's a huge thing. Um, I think he's underrated. Uh, people are slowly starting to talk about him, but watching him last year to this year, he, he played well at the end of the year last year when he got in, playing very well this year. Um, the question mark was going to be, could Arkansas slow down the Mississippi State air raid offense, and they could Mississippi State off defense hold up um, against Arkansas's up-tempo, run-the-football type of offense. This was a game where Arkansas slowly started to take over because um, they scored 10 in the first quarter, 3-3 uh, three and three in the second and third quarter. Then they scored 15 in the fourth. Um, they pull away with the win 31-28, to 28, but it was a close game all the way through. There was that little point where you thought they were going to you know, pull away um, when it was 13-7 to seven at half. And then it was sixteen to seven, um, and then they score, you know, a little more. But this was a great game. Will Rogers continues to play well. He was thirty-six of forty-eight, four hundred seventeen yards, four touchdowns. Um, the run game from Arkansas was very consistent. Mississippi State is finding its groove on the offense. They just have to figure out a way to score more than twenty-eight points. Um, but at the end of the quarter, end of the fourth quarter. You know, Arkansas comes down and scores a touchdown with 22 seconds left. They march down the field. Mississippi State's defense just looked tired. But Arkansas had the week off, so they had some fresh legs coming in. They were running the ball well. They were running right at Michigan or Mississippi State, who has a good defense. Um, now, I will say this. There's a picture floating around and near the end when they got down to the red zone. There was a holding call that Arkansas should have had. He's literally holding the lineman here and pulling him up, his arms up, his arms are like it's just a horrible thing. Um should have been called, scooted him back. Um because Mississippi State was up and you know they had scored 14 and then um Arkansas only scored six. So they were up and then Arkansas scores with 22 seconds left and then gets a two-point conversions and then they're up 31-28. Now Mississippi State marches down the field with the 22 seconds able to get down in field goal range and missed another field goal, and we'll get to the field goal thing here in a second. But overall, it was a fantastic game, very similar stats. Um, third down, Mississippi State was 6-12, Arkansas was 6-13. Mississippi State had 486 yards, 393 for Arkansas, passing 417 versus 191, rushing 69 for Mississippi State, 202 for Arkansas. So Miss Arkansas State, or Arkansas State, Arkansas knew they were just going to run the ball at Mississippi State. And at the end, you could tell Mississippi State was worn down a little bit. Again, I think it was for two reasons. One, 
when you get the ball ran at you like that and an up-tempo speed the whole game, it's going to wear you down. And Arkansas just had a bye week, so having a bye week, having the fresh legs really helped. Um, just missing on certain uh, of those third downs and the second and everything uh, for Mississippi State to move the ball um, kind of hurt them. The penalties, you know, you have 10 penalties for 77 yards. Doesn't help. Um, you know, Will Rogers, when he's 36 or 48, that's still good, but you're missing some of the throws. But it was a great game. Um, time of possession was actually Mississippi State, believe it or not, 32 minutes versus 27 minutes. But Arkansas does run a more up-tempo offense, so they're not necessarily looking for um, to, to keep the other team off the field. Um, and then, so it was just a great game by all. Now we're, <laughs> we're going to look at the kicking Mississippi state was oh of three on, uh, field goals. So right there, you're looking at nine points off the board if they would have made them. And then with 28, 22 seconds left, 23 seconds left, they march down the field and they get into a field goal range and miss the field goal. Now, you never want to blame one person on losing the game. But part of the game is you need special teams, offense, and defense to play well. 0-3 on field goals doesn't help. Um, you know, that's nine points off the board. Now, if you even make just two of them, you're ahead in the game right now and, and win the game. Now, at the end of the game, uh, Mike Leach said that he's going to have a, a, a kicker tryout. Anybody can show up and try out. So if you think you're a kicker, head down to Mississippi State and try out. Now, if you flash back to his time at Texas Tech during that 11-2 and two year, one of the games at Texas Tech at halftime, they had a competition for people. This kid came out and said if you make – I can't remember if it was one field goal or something like that, 20 years, month of rent. He came out and drilled it. And so he had an equipment manager grab him. They had him try out, earned a scholarship, and made every single extra point, I think, that year. Went on some type of crazy run and made a ton of extra points. So this is not the first time Mike Leach has done this. Um, A part of this could be karma because I had a podcast episode come out and say, you know, air raid, it's time to respect the air raid in the SEC. I am still standing by that um, to play an Arkansas team by Coach Pittman. This sucks because I love Coach Pittman. If you listen to him after the game, you know, he said, you know, Mike Leach is a great coach. Mississippi State's a great team. They're just very blessed that they were able to hold on and win. They could have easily lost it. They're going bowling. He loves Arkansas. Like, just a great coach. But I'm a Mike Leach guy first. Um, Just two great coaches. Arkansas does earn the right to go to a bowl game. He is turning the Arkansas program around. Uh, Mississippi State, the air raid still works. You know, 28 points may not be a lot, but if Alabama's only scoring 20, then maybe you're doing something right. Mississippi State's defense just got beat down. Arkansas had fresh legs. Um, Watch out for Mississippi State next year for a couple years. Watch out. And Will Rogers deserves some respect. Young quarterback, he's just going to continue to get better. He and the wide receivers are getting a grasp on this. Um, Arkansas's defense just played well. When you're watching the game, their defensive ends really impressed me. When you watch the pass, well, they dropped everybody. Sometimes they're only bringing three guys and dropping everybody and hoping that was going to stop them. Um, but when you watch our defensive ends, they were really getting the offensive tackles up the field and really cutting it back inside. The offensive tackles from Mississippi State, their kick slide was just taking too far at an angle instead of straight back. 
But one thing that Arkansas did was they were getting them in wide nines and coming in. And when you get in wide nines for an offensive tackle, you're going to kick slide more at an angle. Like I'm talking about, you're going to kick slide at an angle to try to intercept them. But when you, if you go too far upfield too fast, they're going to cut right back inside. And when a quarterback sees that, they're going to try to move a certain way. He's going to get hit. Um, it's going to get him off rhythm. He is a sophomore quarterback, and he's getting better. But you got to give credit to the Arkansas defense as well when their their defensive ends played well, their defensive line played well. Um, but it was a great game by all. Congrats to Arkansas going to the bowl game. Uh, Mississippi State does have a chance to get to a bowl game. Um, you know, people were talking about them, how they shouldn't be number 17 in the nation. I think they need to be a top 25. I think they can beat a lot of teams. Uh, but they do all have a kicking tryout now. They have a tough game coming up against Auburn. Um, Auburn's confidence can be shot down. That's going to be still be a good game. Um, then they've got Tennessee State and then Old Miss. So they still have a chance to win and get to a bowl game, which would help their program out. Watch out. Mike Leach is going to get that thing rolling. Mark my words. Um, so everybody watch out for them. So I still stand by what I said about the air raid working in the SEC, and nobody's going to change my mind. Um, it speaks for itself. When the whole entire offense from offensive line throughout the wide receivers um, get in a groove and figure it out because this offense is basketball on grass. And in basketball, when you get into a groove and everybody knows, like when you watch the throws Will Rogers makes, he throws it to an open area, just like basketball. Basketball, you can't make the pass when the guy's already open. It's too late. You have to make it before they're open. And he was doing that. And when you can figure that out and the wide receivers are figuring it out, it's going to be dangerous. So mark my words, this team's going to be a team to be reckoned with as long as Mike Leach is there for years to come. Um, We are going to wrap this up with one of the games that completely and utterly... I think, shocked the world, at least for me. Maybe not as much as Purdue and Michigan State, but just something that for me, you're like, oh, my God. And that was the Florida Gators going to play South Carolina. Now, South Carolina was 4-4. Four and four. New head coach. Don't have good players. Coming off years where they've been bad. Dan Mullen's an offensive guru. They were 4-4 four four as well. They've lost a couple games maybe they shouldn't have. Um, now, I talked about this. I said Dan Mullen's job should not be questioned right now. They need to hire a new defensive coordinator. And I said his seat should not be on fire. I don't even know if it should be hot. I said it's probably just starting to warm up. I, When you have the seat warmers... And it it takes a little bit, slowly happens. That's what's happening to Dan Mullen. And I said, you know, you look at Florida before the South Carolina. I said, you know, they'll probably go on. I said this. I said after the Georgia game, they'll probably go on and win all their games. I know. Because of South Carolina, Samford, Missouri, and Florida State. I said they win all their games. They win eight games. You go hire a new defensive coordinator. You get some recruits in. You quit playing two quarterbacks because that's one of the dumbest things I think you could do. They started doing that stuff. I think they would have been fine. My God, did Coach Beamer in South Carolina show up to play, and they beat Florida into to sleep 40-17. to 17. So now I've got to change my tune a little bit. 
I said his seat should not be hot. After this, his seat should probably be hot. How do you even warm, hot, somewhere in there? It's hotter now. That seat warmer has now got the legs, the cheeks, and it's up to the back. And it's warming up. It's almost hot. Now, you played one quarterback. Congratulations, and Emory Jones. And he was 17 of 30, 258 yards, and two touchdowns and interception. Okay. Your defense did not show up. Your run game was not there. 82 yards of rushing. Now, you passed the ball around a little bit. But you did not get the job done. And that, yes, players, you try to put them in the position they've got to execute. But at the other day, I just said in another, even this episode or the other one, it comes down to coaching sometimes as well. So you're third and th- three of ten on third down. Um, you didn't hold the – see, what happened was South Carolina said, we're going to keep that offense on side. Dan Mullen's an offensive guru. We're going to keep him on the sideline. Now, he did turn the ball over twice, Florida – but South Carolina had the ball for 36 minutes and 18 seconds. They are now 5-4. and four. They are very close to a bowl game. So it just shows you how sometimes coaching can help these players. So you get a whole new coach in South Carolina. They don't have the athletes that a Florida does, and even like LSU's and Alabama's. And the coaching is getting them there. Now the players are executing it, but the, the coaching, the adjustments, and what they're doing for their players is getting there. Dan Mullen, you're an offensive guru. You did good things at Mississippi State. You've done good things at Florida. I think you're in this position because you're playing two freaking quarterbacks all year, which does not allow you to get into a rhythm. If you had played an Emory Jones all year, maybe you wouldn't be at four and five. The comment you made about it's not recruiting season, now I think you were just saying that to be a smart ass to the reporters, and that's all fine. But if it's true, you recruit all year. You recruit all year. So is turmoil happening in the locker room at Florida? Is turmoil happening in the coaching staff world? Now you need to fire your defensive coordinator and go get a new one. But right now, Dan Mullen, you would prove me wrong. Your seat is now warm or hot right now. It's probably hot. To lose to a South Carolina team that has no business competing with you at Florida at all this year until Coach Beamer gets some recruits and everything else. Did you overlook South Carolina And if you did, who are you overlooking to? Samford? Missouri? Florida State? Do you not care anymore? Did the players not care anymore because you're out of a playoff? You're not making the SEC championship game? Right now, Dan Mullen, if you're not careful, you may not make a bowl game. You should beat Samford. Good football program. But you should beat them just on principle. Missouri's not playing well, but by God, I thought South Carolina wasn't playing well. So if you're not careful and you slip up to them, now you're going to be 5-6. and six. And Florida State, that's a rivalry game for them. They're going to have nothing to lose. You are on the verge, Dan Mullen, of not making a bowl game while you're at Florida where you know the expectation of Florida because you were the offensive coordinator there when Tim Tebow was there. And you understand because you were, you've gotten this team to the SEC championship game and have had teams play well and players play well. You are on the verge of this. So here again, I go back to why is his name not being talked about for his job at LSU was and at Ordron, they won the championship in 2019. Now, whatever, things happen off the field, whatever. 
right now, if Dan Mullen's name is not being brought up to to, to lose his job, if Scott Frost's name is not bringing up to to do that, then then I don't know. It's just very frustrating. It's it's you know a square square circle circle you know whatever. Um, call it like it is though. We've got to be consistent. Of like you make millions of dollars and you're at Florida and you have these athletes and you let South Carolina beat you 40 to 17. It wasn't like they came down and kicked a field goal and won the game. Maybe my tune's a little different, but you're now four and five. You were coming off an SEC championship appearance last year. You took Alabama to the brim for that. You had a ton sit down in the bowl game and Kyle Trask had to help you lead to almost win, you know, in that bowl game. Like coaching does matter. Players win games, coaches lose them, but there is a point where coaching matters. And you see it at South Carolina. He's not with the best players. The coaching matters. So Dan Mullen's seat needs to be, I'm going to say hot. And I'm not saying he needs to be let go now because, yeah, but Dan Mullen, this was on you. You did not get those players ready to play them. Your coaching staff didn't do it. So this is on you. Your seat needs to be hot. I don't like calling for coaches' jobs. I'm saying I could do a better job, but you're Dan Mullen, this offensive guru. We've seen what you could do at Mississippi State. We've seen what you can do as an offensive coordinator. We've seen what you can do at Florida. You just got to get there. You almost beat Alabama. And you did good things in the first half against Georgia. But you lose to Kentucky. Probably shouldn't have. Lose to LSU. It's looking a little better now because of how they played against Alabama, but still. You're probably going to lose to Georgia. Now you lose to South Carolina. So right now, Dan Mullen, you are on the verge of not making a bowl game if you screw around and lose to Missouri and Florida State who are going to be up to play you. Need to be careful. Um, To end this... If we want to go back and look at the new top 25, I don't believe it's the college football um, top 25. Their playoff rankings could be um, because at the time of this recording, I don't believe they've come out yet. I think they come out on a Wednesday. I have to pre-record this. But the new top 25, the AP top 25 is number one, Georgia um, stays the same. Uh, I think they still got Cincinnati at two, Alabama's at three. And they've moved Oklahoma up to number four. So if that stays the same for your college football um, rankings, um, you know, that's pro- I don't think Cincinnati would stay there. Um, in the AFCA coaches poll, they have Georgia at one, Alabama at two, Cincinnati at three, Oklahoma at four, Ohio State at five. The AP Top 25, 1 Georgia, 2 Cincinnati, 3 Alabama, 4 Oklahoma, 5 Oregon, 6 Ohio State, 7 Notre Dame, 8 Michigan State, 9 Michigan, and 10 Oklahoma State, which I understand the Michigan one. I think they need to be above Notre Dame. Um, I think Michigan needs to be number 6. But like I said, as this time of recording, I don't believe the college football playoff poll is out yet. So for me, you'd have to have 1 Georgia. Two just probably needs to stay Alabama, even though that I just don't know who else you would put there. And then it hurts. It hurts to say this. One of these two things are going to have to happen. You're going to have to have Oklahoma and Ohio State up there. Um, or you've got to keep Oregon at number four because they did not play well against Washington. And then you got to put, with the Michigan State loss, put Oklahoma or Ohio State up in that other spot. And it hurts me to say it. 
I mean, I don't think Oklahoma should be there. I think Ohio State should be there too, but you got to do it. But what sucks is Oregon did beat Ohio State, so maybe it just needs to be Oregon and Ohio State. And it just stinks because Oklahoma maybe should be up there. They're playing a little bit better than Oregon. But as of right now, I don't believe they have the college football rankings up yet um, or the playoff ranking, excuse me. But we'll discuss that in a preview. Like I said, I apologize. These have to be pre-recorded way ahead of time because of scheduling purposes. Um and because we're having a new segment out on the podcast, but that's what I think should happen in the college football playoffs. Sorry, Cincinnati, or just say screw and put Cincinnati in, but right now, maybe Oregon and Ohio State make the jump, or just because of Oregon beating Ohio State, you jump and put Oklahoma in. Maybe um, because the Michigan loss to Michigan State doesn't look as good now because of Purdue, but yeah, those is the, some one of those has to happen. I think you have to keep Oregon in. Because you can't justify putting Ohio State in and not have them in. Um, so it's, I do not envy the college football rankings, but at the same time, this is why we have to extend the college football playoff. But that wraps up this longer episode, but a lot happened in college football. Thank you guys so much for for listening. Um, go check all the affiliates in the description below. Um, you know, Subscribe to the YouTube channel and, and the audio. Uh, follow it, leave a review, all that good stuff. Be a friend, tell a friend. Um, check out the weekly episodes that are coming out. Um, like I said, a lot of these are going to be pre-recorded, so I apologize. Um, leave a comment in the comment section down below uh, to ask a question. Um, be a part of the conversation. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, and we are gone. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.